I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. I mentioned that I had a development in the goings-on of Saturday night in the city of Salt Lake, and that development is, in fact, breaking news. And it is that the Salt Lake City Police Department has announced that in conjunction with the United States Attorney, the Utah Department of Public Safety, the FBI, and their own agency, they are announcing the arrest of an individual named Jackson Stewart Tomowski Patton in the arson fire of the Salt Lake City Police Department police car. That was the car that on Saturday afternoon was overturned by protesters and set ablaze. The announcement from the Salt Lake City Police Department reads that he was identified with the help of the public as a person that helped set fire during the protest that occurred Saturday, May 30th. He is facing federal charges of arson for his actions and is facing a minimum of five years federally. Now, we have heard uh, of this mandatory minimum recently. In fact, it was just yesterday that U.S. Uh, attorney for the District of Utah, John Huber, was a guest on this radio program. And my question to him was, all right, what are the potential federal crimes that could have been committed in the events that we witnessed transpire in the streets of Salt Lake City on Saturday night? And his response was that, well, those who participated in the arson that can be elevated to a federal crime, and also those who used certain means to coordinate their travel into the state uh, from another state, crossing state lines, to participate in the violence, those individuals can also be uh, facing federal charges and federal crimes. So it'll be fascinating to learn, uh, once we hear next from the Salt Lake City Police Department, uh, what Charges are being filed, if any. I'm anxious, too, to hear from the United States Attorney John Huber, someone who has become a good friend of this program, always willing and eager to share the developments in his office. We're going to hear from them also, the Department of Public Safety, and likely the FBI. That is all coming up on this radio program just after 2 o'clock. It is expected that the Salt Lake City Police Department will host a press conference where they outline the arrest of this individual and talk about potentially uh, the charges he may face. That's coming up on uh, just after 2 o'clock. Uh, let me check the notes. Okay, we've got everything uh, lined up. All right, so uh, we will bring that to you as it begins, and we'll learn more about the charges and the arrest, certainly, uh, which have come about as a result of the burning of that police car in the streets of Salt Lake City. Do you remember that image? It's kind of seared into my mind because, for the most part, when you see that type of stuff, it's in movies or in footage from far-off cities on the East Coast or in third-world countries. Not here in Salt Lake City. Not, not in between the library and Washington Square. That wonderful, peaceful place where you sometimes bring your kids for story time at the library. 
not the place where you uh, reach into your pocket and hand over a dollar bill maybe to someone who's on tough times. No, that's not. <laughs> we can't see burning cars there. And yet we did. And an arrest has been made. And we'll get the details, as I said, just after 2 o'clock. Before we go to break, let me uh, change subjects here for a second and look back on what we learned from state epidemiologist Dr. Angela Dunn as she, for the first time in a while, delivered a uh, situational update. Uh, Interesting things. She uh, pointed out that the spread has increased and that it's a statewide trend. You know, people like me, the the doubters and the skeptics, we see numbers like that and we try to explain them away by saying things like, oh, maybe there was just one big family and they all spread it amongst themselves to cause this anomaly, this anomalous uptick. Well, Dr. Dunn said that's not the case. And then people like me, the skeptics, we say, oh, well, that's a that number must be attributed to an increased rate of testing. We are testing more, and therefore we will obviously identify more positive cases. No, no, Dr. Dunn said that's not the case either, that there is, in fact, a statewide trend and that the spread is increasing and that of the 13 health jurisdictions across the state, nine of them, have experienced at least a 15% growth in positive cases. She gave us some added advice here, and it is that uh, we ought to stay home if we show any signs of the illness. And it is all the likely, it is all the more likely that as restrictions are loosened that we will see more positive cases. It's not a, a definitive cause and effect. But as you well know, we throughout most of the state of Utah have moved to yellow from orange. And right now it's only a a correlating relationship, but it seems that uh, in conjunction with the loosening of restrictions that the number of cases across the state have increased. And I share that all with you on the same day that I get my hands on this report put out by the Public Health and Economic Emergency Commission which is recommending that Utah transitions to a smart green risk level. And if I'm honest, I've had a few conversations with those in the know, and the expectation is that we, in fact, do move to a smart green risk level at the end of this week. I have the recommendations in full by the commission. I want to share those with you later on. Right now, though, I need to take a commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to set our sights again on the events of Saturday night, specifically on the arrest made by the Salt Lake City Police Department along with other jurisdictions. That's coming up after the break, a press conference from the police ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen. 
News Radio. A wild program today. We have learned so much about the events transpiring around the country and here in Utah. And as a matter of fact, in the commercial break just a moment ago, one of the stories we have been covering has developed. The developing news is this. You heard from Chief Mike Brown as he delivered his initial remarks in the press conference uh, presented just in front of the public safety building, announcing that an arrest had been made in conjunction with the arson of a Salt Lake City Police Department vehicle. Well, We thought that that press conference had wrapped up, and during the break, the chief returned to the microphone unexpectedly and unscripted, uh, informing those observing, the media there, that there has been a second individual to turn themselves in, in connection with the arson of that Salt Lake City Police Department vehicle. Those are all the details we know now. We know that one arrest has been made, that of Jackson Stewart to Mousky Patton in connection with the arson fire of the Salt Lake City Police car. And in the midst of the press conference, or at least as it was wrapping up, Chief Brown returned to the microphone to re- inform everyone that in the, during the course of that press conference, someone had uh, turned themselves in, an additional individual in connection with this arson. And I had wondered how this story would develop because... If you remember, I believe it was late Saturday, early Sunday, a tweet did go out from the Salt Lake City Police Department with a number of still images of some of the video footage which captured the overturning and ultimately igniting of that police car. And those images showed uh, individuals' faces who clearly had their hands on the vehicle. And it will, of course, be up to the justice system to assign guilt. And so I uh, will not do that here. But there were images And in those images were shown individuals uh, with various unique identifiers, bicycles and clothing and certainly faces. And the Salt Lake City Police Department had put out a plea, help, if you are able to identify anyone in these images, we, the police department, would be very interested in speaking with them. And uh, if, if I'm remembering correctly, there were... Uh, maybe four or five, six, seven individuals uh, who were shown in those images with some pretty close proximity to that vehicle. You'll notice I'm being very careful with my language here because uh, I, I am a great... Uh, admirer and supporter of the justice system, and I believe uh, that everyone deserves justice. And so I uh, am very careful with the way I describe circumstances like this so as not to prematurely assign guilt or blame on anyone who may uh, be, be innocent or not deserving uh, of any allegations or accusations. So that's that right now. Uh, We know now that two people uh, are at least either in custody or currently interacting with law enforcement uh, regarding this burning of a police car. And the big news to come out of that last press conference was the announcement by U.S. Attorney John Huber, which is that this individual, this Jackson Patton, is facing federal charges of act- of arson for his actions, and that is that carries with it a minimum of five years federally, maximum of twenty years, as described uh, by John Huber here. Uh, in in his own words, some of what was shared uh, by Attorney Huber at that press conference just moments ago in front of the public safety building. Because Utah and the United States of America. This is a land of law and order, not of anarchy, not of lawlessness. Chief Brown, who also spoke at the press conference today, made reference to the three decades he has served as a member of law enforcement and during the course of those three decades has never seen anything like what he witnessed over the weekend here in Salt Lake City. I just started in my 30th year. 
And what we saw last Saturday, I have never seen in my career. I don't think we've ever seen that type of violence and disruption on the streets of Salt Lake City. And then, as he wrapped his remarks, Chief Brown discussed that the officers standing together stood for something and that the sacrifice that they make is unique. I've talked to our officers, and I always get a little emotional because they stood out there shoulder to shoulder with officers from all over this state. It didn't matter what patch they were wearing or badge they were wearing. They stood to bring peace back to our streets. I admire all of those who gather together to speak in front of the public safety building for a number of reasons. First off, they are executing their duties within their respective roles, and they also uh, did so in a symbolic fashion. They were standing in front of the public safety building where the windows of that building on People's Way uh, were still smashed and spidered out behind them. There were damaged vehicles uh, flanking them as they delivered this information. Uh, and as I delivered to you that developing news announced by Chief Brown, I got a text message from friend and colleague of mine, Debbie Dejanovic, who, with whom I spent about five hours Saturday night reporting live the details of what transpired in Salt Lake City. That was a, that, that was a moment in, in my career that I'll remember forever. Grateful uh, to be able to, to, to do that and execute that duty alongside Debbie Dejanovic. She points out this interesting uh, reality, and it has to do with the individual uh, who has now, according to Police Chief Brown, turned themselves in relating to this uh, the burning of the police car. She points out that, uh, that many times when you turn yourself in, that that is very helpful when it comes to sentencing and that there will be con some considerations granted usually when they are cooperative. So uh, we'll see how this plays out. We Once we have a name and identity of this individual who has turned themselves in, we'll uh, see how the justice system treats them and what ultimately is their fate and if, having turned themselves in uh, voluntarily, if that uh, helps them when it comes to sentencing. But as you heard from John Huber, U.S. Attorney, this bears a minimum sentence of five years federally, and he described those five years as being served in some far-off federal prison, maximum 20 years. We'll see how it turns out for all those who are arrested and charged with uh, crimes associated with the burning of that vehicle. We're going to take a break here, and in the final segment, we're going to turn away from the protests and demonstrations in Salt Lake City and look back at the coronavirus. Contact tracing. Contact tracing. We have heard so much of the importance of this type of work, and the Utah Department of Health is asking for your help. I'll give you the details next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.